I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. Friend, I'm so excited to have you here with me today because I have brought in a friend of mine, Natalie Gingrich. And if you don't know Natalie, you need to because she's an absolute expert when it comes to operations in your business. She is the founder of the Ops Authority, where she certifies and mentors women who leverage their natural skill set of operations and administration. She also has 15 years of corporate operations experience and was the chief of staff for a Fortune 150. CEO. So she has the background. She didn't just one day wake up and say she was going to do operations because she liked organizing things in her home. And she has leveraged that to be able to create systems and processes and training for people who have that natural gifting, who want to become operators in businesses. If you're listening to this, chances are you are an online business owner or you work with an online business owner and your ears are perking up because I know I've talked to so many of you and so many of my clients, this is an area that you just continually feel like you are lacking, that you're not quite sure how to maximize the operational side of your business. And you're probably putting this on many different roles in your business. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. So we're going to be talking to Natalie today about what does this really look like over time in a business? What does it look like when you're a smaller company and you do have to kind of have multiple people with their hands in operations? And then how do you grow out of that and then ultimately have this really solid director of operations in place in your business? So Natalie, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited for our chat today. Yes, I'm excited too. Thanks for having me, Shanna. Okay, so always to break the ice, I asked the same question, and so it's coming your way right now. Natalie, what is your favorite community you have ever been a part of, and what did you love about it? I've always been a part of communities, so I feel like I could answer this question for every stage in my life, but I will share that when you said the most... So when I left corporate and I was coming into, I was really in a big time of exploration for myself because I didn't know what the, I didn't leave corporate with a solid plan. I left corporate just giving myself the space to kind of dream into whatever that could be, which is very anti-Natalie. I am usually very structured. Like I know A, B, and C. I am not a risk taker. So this was a very different point in my life, but I was on fire in a massive search mode and this is eight years ago and the world of Facebook was quite different back then. 
and a community that just, it really changed me. I came from corporate where my relationships were in my community, in my family, in my church, in my neighborhood. That's what community felt like to me. And all of a sudden I hop out of this world that I knew and I start looking into how to work online, how to work remotely. And I landed inside of a Facebook community and I made so many deep, rich connections that still serve me today, almost nine years later. And that community, it was very, now looking back, it wasn't just the people and happenstance and being there. It was the curation of the community. It was different. The reason it worked, the reason I am still talking about this eight years later is that there was real depth there and intentionality. And it really did change everything. I'm still in So I've hired some of those people inside of our company who have served us for many, many years. It was awesome. And when I think of community, I think right back to that point. And it's so fun because I think so many people listening to this are going, that is the story that I want about the community that I'm trying to create. Like I want somebody to look back and go, I made deep, rich connections that are still with me today. So that's so fun that that is your story. And we actually, just before this, you were interviewing me for your podcast and we were kind of geeking out on our love for communities. So y'all, Natalie, she is a kindred soul. She loves community. She's designed her programs to have community. She does live events to create community. So she gets our language as well. But Natalie, I think the gift that you really have that I want to make sure people get out of this episode is this understanding of how the operations piece of a business works in the business and what those roles look like over time. And we were talking just a little bit before this where I was saying, actually, just was having a conversation with a client. They were showing me their org chart and they're a multi-million dollar membership. They're showing me their org chart because they're trying to make some changes. And they had a marketing and sales arm and they had the fulfillment and the program arm and they had a project manager and an operations manager that were kind of like nested under one of those two arms. And the first thing I said to them was, you need an operations arm. And it's so fascinating to me to see multi-million dollar business owners who really don't understand even still the true value of that operational piece. So can you talk just a little bit about What having this, because this is something we were talking about that I think is important for people to understand. A lot of people, when they think operations, they think project manager. They think, oh, somebody to manage my Asana. That's what they think, right? And what you teach, which I love because I'm the same way about community. People think Facebook group manager, and I elevate them to a strategic way of thinking about this. You're the same way. So talk about what the operations role is for you and what they're doing within a company. Yeah. So if you're one of those people that thinks, oh, I've got a project manager there, I'm my Asana or my Trello or my whatever it is, is so organized. Like we've got ops handled. That is a very myopic view of operations. And so I hope through this podcast today that you'll learn a little bit more about what holistic operations is and how it is absolutely essential as, and I'm not just saying that from a marketing perspective. For me, it is truly, I've been in behind dozens and dozens and dozens of seven, eight, nine figure businesses that I've been able to put in operations to allow them to grow. And ultimately, maybe even CEOs step out of a lot of the parts of business they just don't love doing. So operations itself is 
holistic operations. That's, I want to focus on holistic versus specific and project management. Like what we were describing a second ago, that is a specific part of operations, but holistically, you've got to have a holistic arm or you'll have too many people. You'll be paying too many people to do fragmented roles. And so ultimately you're looking for an operations manager or a director of operations, maybe even a COO in due time inside of your business, because those people start to look and connect the operational dots. And operations is a combination of five areas. There's actually more than these five, but for businesses of our scale, these five areas are the most important. And so I'm looking at operational strategy. I am looking at human resources and friends. Human resources has about 13 different tentacles. And who's doing that? Like if you've just, if you're relying on a project manager to do quote unquote operations in your business, I promise you that they are not looking at all of those 13 areas of human resources. As you grow in your business, we know that people are the backbone to scale inside of your company. So human resources takes up a large piece of that project management. When you're feeling comfortable that you have checked the box of operations because you have a project manager, you're not wrong for that because project management is the most fundamental skill that you're going to have inside of your high-level operator. And so it's a requirement. You cannot be an operator without being a project manager or having those skills. Then the other Two disciplines are going to be in the financial aspect as well as data and analytics. So an operational, a holistic operational component inside of your company is going to look at all five of those pieces and not just one specific area. Now, depending on the different types of business models that are out there or your product, right? If you're a physical product business, there's another part of operations that I omitted from that descriptor because that's when we start to look at inventory. We start to look at storage. We start to look at the logistics, the how do we actually fulfill and ship. And so there is another part of operations. And I didn't want to omit that from our conversation today, but by and large, operational strategy, human resources, project management, data, and finance, that is what a high level operator can do inside of your company to truly be a strategic partner to you as the founder, the leader, the visionary of what it is that you're excited to do in this world. I can just feel the sigh of relief of all of these business owners as they picture having that person in their business because what you're describing is being carried by the business owner in most scenarios. And I know sometimes you're kind of parsing out data to different people, but that financial piece, the human resources piece, that 100% is falling on the business owner right now. So let's talk about like the smaller business. You've been there, I've been there, the person who is just getting started, and maybe it's just you and a community manager or you and your executive assistant who has literally become everything in your business, right? I know those people as well. And they're taking on some of that operational role. When do you feel like a business owner needs to be thinking about bringing in that operations manager? Yeah, I see a lot of times when we have a really, really lean team, like you have described, that other person becomes a catch-all. It becomes the person who takes over the task that you don't want to do or you don't feel, they don't fire you up. And so you want to naturally delegate those. And so this person starts to have a role that is just all over the place. And with time, you want to start putting some structure inside of that role. And this is what I help companies to do as well. So we will 
thinking about a community manager here. So maybe 70% of their role is of the time that they're in your company is dedicated and focused on that community aspect, the program management, the engagement, the experience piece. And then 30%, you start to grow that person by taking away or giving them 30% of their time or capacity to focusing on all of those operational aspects that I just started, that I just talked about. So if it's you and the community manager and you're thinking, okay, what do I need next? You can collaborate with this person. They likely have the skills to be able to say, okay, what would be helpful here, right? Do we need a project manager? There's an infinite number of possibilities for what you need as far as a growth perspective, but in a really lean place, I will help you. I would want you to say, okay, while you're a hundred percent of your capacity right now is dedicated to the community piece, let's start to compartmentalize this and define it. Now, don't watch out, make sure that there's not a lot of scope creep in that 30%, but say, okay, we're going to add this piece on. Maybe it's data, maybe it's finance, maybe it's probably going to be project management, to be honest, but, and maybe it's HR, but there's a bigger piece to this. When I said data, I wanted to touch on something here. As a community manager, I know that in your pro, in what you teach, that your community manager serves in that program manager capacity. And so they are looking at data. They're looking at data specific to the program, right? And there's a whole other data set out there. I mean, you can do marketing measurement. We see that as a kind of a trending area right now. But looking at KPIs for the entire company, it's not your KPIs are going to be bigger than just your program, which I know is probably the lifeblood of your revenue and the profit that you're seeing inside of your company. But we have to look bigger. And that's what the operational leader comes in and looks at. It's the strategically, how can this data help us to make decisions for the future and not just in the one, the product that you have that they're responsible for? Yeah. So you're really looking at that first step of taking whoever you have on your team and looking at their capacity for adding in some of these necessary operational roles, like more of the data piece. But like you said, it probably ends up becoming project management, right? And I think oftentimes I start working with business owners or training community managers in my program and there's a capacity issue, right? So they come and they say, I want to think proactively. I want to think more strategically, but there is no time. I'm literally just checking off boxes in my Asana all day long. I'm just in the community all day long. And so there does become a point when a business owner is expecting a lot of that community manager and they're not able to fulfill on their community manager role because they have so many other project management or operational pieces that are on their plate. And that's really where I start to encourage my business owner to look at investing in operations from a team perspective, because oftentimes business owners look at the community piece. So online business owners have memberships, courses, group programs. Inevitably, they end up hiring maybe an assistant for themselves, probably a community manager, and then somebody to help on the marketing side, which is often outsourced. Honestly, they're like outsourcing Facebook ads or funnel building, or sometimes they bring that person in-house. And it's a long time before they hire anybody in that operations pillar. 
And I'm quite surprised when I start working with businesses that are very successful and they have nobody in that operations pillar. When you look at a business that's ready to hire a full-time position in operations, not necessarily a director of operations, right? But that first like full-time operations position or to outsource to a contractor that has that skill, which I am all about like hiring fractional people to do that for you. How do I know I'm ready for that? Like, how do I know it's time to take this piece off of the community manager's plate or off of my plate and start handing it to a different person? By the time you're thinking about it, you're probably late. <laughs> but the another piece of this is when the leader is they know that they're just outside of their scope or their gifts. A lot of times it's just, it's gotten really uncomfortable. These are the things that the leader doesn't really like to do, but from a dollar, and I don't like to talk in like hard dollars, but always looking at profit margins. I like to say that if you've got over a 30% profit margin with your existing team, that would get, gives me permission that you've got some discretionary spend to bring somebody in. That's a very financial way of looking at it. And sometimes people come to me and say like, what, how much do I need to be making beforehand? What kind of revenue do I need? It's really, really hard to say that because every business model is very different, but absolutely. By the time you were at a seven figure business, Hopefully you've got healthy profit margins. I've certainly seen seven-figure businesses with very poor profit margins. But if you're seven figures with a satisfactory profit margin for yourself, a director of operations is an absolute yes. And the other thing, Shanna, is in that structure that you were just describing, these people already have operators in their business, right? So it's not like they're starting and bringing on this operator. It's not their first hire, right? They've already got operational support. They need operational oversight for the entire business. And so when you start to feel, and I'll tell on myself, I built my business because community and experience is extremely important to me. I invested in my community, in my program first, before I moved holistic to holistic operations. And before I had that, I'm the person that held the glue together of the program as well as the marketing piece. And so I think there's a balance of financially, of course, I don't want you to get into a situation. However, in this day and age, we have so many opportunities for fractional support that can be massively impactful and can be financially tolerable for you. The other piece is knowing that you're not starting from scratch. Whatever you bring in, getting your return on investment, if you've already got that program arm in a place that's satisfactory to you or even thriving, right? You're bringing in this holistic piece, which the return on investment is going to be super fast. Where you have a slow return on investment is when you're starting something from scratch. Remember bringing in your community manager for the first time, right? It takes some time. And I'm talking purely return on investment, not return on energy or effort, which is sometimes more valuable than the money, but it takes some time to get there. When you already have that established and you bring in this role, that return just comes so much faster. And then you like think about you and what you're doing, how much time it's taking, how comfortable or uncomfortable it is for you to be the CEO and the COO, because in absence of having this role or any other role, you as the CEO and the leader are incurring the, the expense physically, mentally, spatially of any role that you don't have inside of your business. 
right? It's always about like, how do I buy back my time and get myself into a place where I can function just in my zone of genius and the thing that brings the most revenue into the business that I can contribute to, right? And so when you think about like this business owner is bringing this person in, I think a lot of times the conversation of SOPs, uh, standard operating procedures is often what gets somebody to go, oh, I need an operations person that's going to come in and create SOPs for all of this areas of the business. When you bring that person in, whether they are full-time or fractional, what should I be expecting as a business owner? What should I be looking for? Do I need to have the game plan to come to them to say, here's where I need support in the business and be able to really identify that for them? Or is a DOO going to come in and help identify that for me? What does that look like? Yeah, it will depend on the layer or the level in which you're bringing them in. But we'll talk specifically around a director of operations. You should never have to train your operator. Your operator may need to get familiar with your existing structure, with your business model. They definitely have to be on board with your mission and your vision and your values. But you should never have to train, whether it's a director of operations, a director of marketing, like they should come in as full leaders and strategic thought partners. That is their function. So there's going to be some training, of course, not from a specific discipline perspective, but an integration into your company. So I can't like say, oh, you're going to not have to spend any time with them. (laughs) That doesn't happen. But when a DOO comes in, they are expected to be a strategic partner to you. They are going to come in. And the first thing that we teach our students to do is to create an operational strategy. We've got some intellectual property that we call a strategic mapping model, where we take everything and we synthesize that down into your priorities for the quarter of the month, whatever it is, whatever structure works best for you and the scale of your company. And then they are going to be the truly integrate those priorities into the business. And so without this, what happens is you've got a lot of ideas. You become frustrated as a leader because you're just, you can't move fast enough, right? And so by having this role, they are that consummate project manager that's taking each of those priorities and making sure you've got the labor, making sure that the project is written and created and that the task management is occurring. They're working with your financial team. They're working with your legal team to make sure that everything is good inside of the business. And then the next biggest component, of course, is going to be inside of the labor piece. How do we, a piece that's often avoided, unfortunately, we say that we want people to work with us. We get so frustrated that people leave us, that the turnover is so high in the freelancer space. And I hear those, all those woes all the time. The reality is nobody is spending time inside of companies to develop talent so that they stick around, right? We think that's for the big dogs. That's for corporate. That's for people who have more. It can apps. I mean, I've done it since day one in this baby business of mine. And so it's certainly doable, but without having an eye on it, right? If you've got you and that community manager, there's just not a lot of capacity to do that or the skill set is missing there. So when you bring this person on, they are strategic. They should be onboarding themselves and at the same time, getting familiar with you and then ultimately taking your strategy, creating it, your vision, creating it into an operational strategy, coming down with your priorities and then making things happen without you or maybe in tandem with you so much faster or making them even possible and looking at those five areas that we talked about earlier, pulling in the data, the finance, HR, project management. 
What I love about that, it is very strategic and it is very proactive. And I think oftentimes, um, business owners, I'm speaking to you, you hire people to put out fires and then you wonder why they don't work out and why you hired the wrong person is because you waited until the house was burning down to call somebody to come and help. And then you don't get the result that you want or you hire fast versus hiring the right person for the role. And again, This is why you want a DOO when you're at a certain level because you are doing a lot of hiring and you don't want to have to be the one to do it. Oftentimes, it's just uh, put a post on Facebook, I'm looking for this person. You don't really go through a very effective hiring process. But I say that because I want you to see that if you bring this person in thinking that their sole job is just to come in and put out fires, you may be a bit disappointed when they come in and they start doing strategic mapping and all of this inside of your business. But their job is to think about the health of your business for the long run. That is their job. And that's what you want ultimately is that person to come in and to care about the overall health and success of your business just as much as you do, because that's very hard to get in any of those smaller roles. So tell me, what is the difference between like a DOO and more of like an operations manager, maybe somebody that would be the first hire for a smaller company? I mean, of course, experience, but more than anything else is that leadership. I believe that, and you can have leadership at an implementer's level. So I'm not taking that away, but the strategic partnership along with leadership is really a massive differentiator. Now you're going to get more of a technician out of your operations manager. A lot of operations managers will do ops management and implementation, which is helpful if that's the first person that you bring in. A lot of times we need those bridge roles. When you bring in the DOO, they're going to, they need a team. They need at least a person or two underneath them to make sure that that implementation is taken care of because your DOO being a strategic partner, they're looking forward, right? They're still involved in the day-to-day. They're overseeing. They're ultimately responsible for the day-to-day execution of your vision, but we can't keep that big gap there, right? And we do that with operations managers, right? The vision of the company is still being held in the CEO's hands. And when you have that counterpart in the DOO, it's yes, the everyday is taken care of because we're utilizing a team to make that happen, but we're also looking forward, right? You've got to be the right kind of person. That's why we have an application process to come through our program because you really do have to have that leadership and it's the fortitude. It's the communication skills to sit next to you, Shanna, and say, you know what, Shanna, you've got a great idea. I can see you're on fire for it. When I look at the profit margin, when I look at the size of the team, when I look at the economy, it's an enterprising idea. It doesn't fit us right now. Now, I have been in roles where that wasn't supported. I have been in intentionally in lower level roles, an ops manager role where that's not my job, right? My role is to come in and at that point is to say, Shanna, Shanna's got the idea. Shanna hands it over to me. I create the plan. I manage the plan. I make it happen. That's your operations manager. That's your project manager. And that's absolutely good and necessary inside of a company. At some point, Shanna, I believe that everybody needs a leader. Everybody desires a boss. Everybody needs a leader. Everybody needs a business best friend, right? And so that operations director, that director of ops sits next to you as the counterpart, the yin and the yang, the right and the left brain, whatever, the visionary, the integrator, whatever you want to call it. The reason that we all know that nomenclature that I just shared, right? The left and the right, 
we need that in life, right? We need a counterpart. And when you think of the business and how much effort you're putting into this, that counterpart is so important for you as you scale. It's not your first hire. It can't be your first hire, right? I've seen people try to do that. That is a recipe for disaster because you need people to help that leader to put these pieces into play. But you need that strategic partner who's also a leader, who also understands you, who feels very deeply about your mission, your vision, shares your values. That's incredibly important because if I'm pushing back on you, and it's not just a pushback role, but if I'm dreaming with you, if I'm pushing back, if I'm having real honest conversations and we don't have that overlap of values, you're not going to receive it well, right? I'm not going to feel at ease and eager to share my leadership with you, to share my strategic thought with you, because there's just that energy that prevents that from happening. You and I would be a great combo, right? Because we both share a lot of the same values and we can have open, honest conversations, but the communication, the leadership and the strategic partnership, that's where you start to see the, the need and fill the void of not having an operational leader in your company. Yeah. So really moving from that operations manager to that DOO and that I love it's like that sparring partner, that strategic person alongside the business. And I end up becoming that I think for a lot of my clients because I work so deeply in the business. But then when they start asking me questions about like team structure and all of that, I'm like, I can only take this so far because I don't know your financials. I don't know all of those other really important data points, nor is that my specific area of expertise. But I think it's fascinating because I talk to a lot of successful business owners whose biggest issue, in fact, the mastermind that I am in I would say we talk a lot more about team than we do about marketing or fulfillment. It's a lot more about team. And that tends to be the biggest hurdle to people growing at the scale that they want to grow. And I do believe that it's because they have left that up to them. And it's not a skill set for them. That human resources piece is not a skill set. So having that person that can see your bigger vision can help you with that vision and then help you cultivate the team and nurture the team that's going to help fulfill on that, I think is really important. And also the piece that you shared about the pushback, people working for you 99% of the time, unless they are a strong personality like I am, are not going to push back on you. They're going to be a yes person. They're not going to be that strategic partner that can say, do you really think this is a good idea? So I work with a lot of people who are Enneagram 7s, are big thinkers. They're fast implementers. I'm a nine quick start. I work with a lot of quick starts. They want to go fast. They have lots of ideas and they want to move on them right away. And their team gets burnt out very quickly. And they're questioning why their team is getting so burnt out. And it's because you don't have that intermediary there going, hey, I know the capacity of the team right now. I know that all the projects that we have on our plate and this is isn't possible. Now we can make it possible, but which of these other projects would you like to stop? And that's a conversation that isn't happening in many teams right now that really needs to be happening. So I love it because I think when you bring in a role like what Natalie is talking about, whether that be at the the manager level or that director level, what it does is it empowers your community manager and all your other team members you may have to show up fully in the role that you have hired them for so that they can really focus in on the outcome that you want from them and that they don't have this divided interest. And that is why I thought it was so important to have Natalie come and talk about this because I know many of you are wanting to scale and the thing holding you back is that you're missing this role. You're missing that person who is that strategic th- partner 
And secondarily, if you're not missing this role, it's holding back your team members that you don't have that operations focused person in the business because they're trying to balance that ball while still achieving the outcome of their particular role. So I really want you to consider that and look into what it looks like to have an operations manager or a director of operations come into your business. So Natalie, tell people how they can find out more about what you're doing. I know you train directors of operations. Do you also help people find people that have been trained through you? If so, talk a little bit about that. Yes. So operations in general for small business, I would send you to our podcast, The Ops Authority, podcast. And there, I mean, every single week we're talking much like Shanna in her podcast. It's a combination of leaders who are coming in here as business owners, as well as a lot of service providers. My focus is on service providers, but you know what, as we've talked about today, so many leaders are doing the components of operations inside of their business that they're naturally interested in the content that we have. So The podcast is a great resource, but the certification, if you've got somebody on your team that you're ready to elevate, if you've got someone and you want to develop them, then the certification would be a phenomenal place. We really are looking at building holistic leaders. We get a lot of people who come in with expertise, the ability to be a leader. We're looking for yes, maybe people instead of yes, ma'am people to kind of piggyback off of having that person who's able to push back. But we're looking for the particular skill set. We also use the Colby to qualify our application process. We're taking that and we're building holistic leaders. People come to us with a siloed interpretation of what operations is or what they've been doing. So a lot of times we get operators that are great project managers, operators that are great program managers or even some technicians. So we are in the certification piece. We're looking to build operational leaders. And then I have a separate company that's a sister company to this, and it's the hiring authority. That's where we are working with business owners to place operational talent. So it could be your community manager. It can be your a project manager. It can be a, I mean, there's so many different, we've done accountability advisors. We have done of course, a lot of director of operations, a lot of operational managers, a lot of EAs, but we are looking at the operational components of your business. Pretty much anything outside of marketing is the the talent that we are looking at. So if you're at a place and you're building that company and you're scratching your head thinking, yep, it's time for me to do something different. I don't have that person inside of my company, but I'm ready to invest. We specialize specifically in the operational area. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for fractional help. If you're looking for a full-time employee, we take care of all of that for you. So the various ways that we help companies to really scale through operations. I love that. And I know people are writing down hiring authority right now because that's the thing is like, sure, it sounds really great to get this person in my business. But the last thing I can do right now is write another job description and go through more interviews. I don't have the time to do that. So the fact that you can help connect to them with people who have been trained and been vetted, I think is absolutely amazing. Natalie, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and sharing your wisdom with us. I know it's going to be so beneficial for my listeners. Thanks, Shanna. I love being here. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time. 
Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven-minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access.